Welcome to Midlife Confidence, where it's all about women living a fulfilling life as they move beyond 40, 50, and 60. I'm Vonna Davis, a certified life coach with 20 years of my own midlife journey behind me, and just like you, my best decade still ahead. I'll take you inside real life coaching with a guest client so you can see for yourself how a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. What is that project in your home that you just aren't getting done? I know you have one. I do. And my guest client today is facing the same issue. Why isn't she doing it even though she really wants it done? Listen into our coaching session and I'm sure you'll come across something that will help you understand what's happening with your motivation too. You'll meet Chris and hear about her goal and we'll dive in to understand what's keeping her from accomplishing it yet. And we'll end this episode with a visualization practice to help us open up to the power of accepting and caring for our emotions. I want you to meet Chris. You see, not only does she have four grown kids, but she also managed to garden and care for bees on her big country property while also working full time for a national fuel company. And she's been married for around 30 years to her engineer husband. I'll let her tell us more about herself. Okay, sure. Yeah, um, my name's Chris, and I live in Ohio, out, out in the country. I have four young adult kids. They're all in the stages from 18 to 26. That's kind of a mixed bag of hopes, being smashed by fears, and all parents know about that, right? Mm-hmm. I really enjoy learning things. Like, for instance, right now, I am learning about Israel and I want to know the history of how we got to where we are right now. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been reading some fiction books set in Israel, learning about it that way. And I've been joining some broadcasts that I like about it. And so just like learning things and want to know a lot of stuff because I don't think I know very much. <laughs> Sometimes I teach ballroom dancing. Right now I'm teaching a young adult class. So it's really fun to see how excited they are to be learning this new thing that they think is really cool. And so that can be a lot of fun. And I haven't mm-hmm. done that for a while. So it's exciting to, to do some more teaching. That's cool. You participated on a dance team in college. Ballroom dance. Yes, I did. Yeah. Fun. Those are all cool nice. things about you. <laughs> <laughs> Chris feels stuck and she wants to make some progress on something that has been bothering her for years. It's affecting every day of her life as well as how she feels about herself. But for some reason, even though it's really important to her, she can't seem to find the time, energy, and motivation to get it going. Let's just start with, because you did tell me that your house was bothering you. It felt messy. You weren't making progress on it like you wanted to. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that. Well, there's two things I want in my house organization and processes that work, you know, and then I want it to look nice, like somebody Mm -hmm. actually cared when they put this together. (laughs) And unfortunately, every room of my medium large house, you know, needs help. And so I just haven't been able to make, I mean, I have made progress, like over quarantine, I cleaned out a ton of stuff at first when I was working at home, I had a little bit of extra time. I Mm -hmm. I made that kind of a point to run downstairs and 
you know, clean out as soon as I was done with work. And, and I did get a lot done, but it was just really a tiny bit compared to what needs to be done. What is the problem with that? What problem does it create for you? Well, I can't, I can't do the things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Because before I can come do something on my computer, I have to clean off this mess to get to my computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Etc. It slows you down. It slows me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it makes me frustrated and I give up. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to say like your most compelling why you want to get this done and why you want to do it now, why is it so important for you to do this now? Um, I have people coming. My mother-in-law is coming and it looked just like this when she was here before and the time before <laughs> that. I'd like her to think that I'm a competent person. Okay. And then we have other people coming to visit in the summer. And so it would feel good to know that I took care of this. Mm-hmm. And that we could sit down and we could eat and people wouldn't wonder, gosh, there's so much construction going on around here, you know. Mm-hmm. I could relax and just enjoy the people. I yeah. think I'd be feeling good. If you and I were talking about your house, what would you want to change? The space we live in has such a big impact on getting things done, how we feel, and even what we think about ourselves, doesn't it? I think we all have some dreams about what it would be like to live in an HGTV home, right? They look so peaceful and soul-sustaining. My daughters and I just toured over a dozen homes in a parade of homes, and the brilliant design that went into some of these homes just took our breath away. So I think we can all relate to Chris's desire to make her home a place where she enjoys spending time. While listening to Chris, you might be thinking that getting a whole house organized and decorated is a really big and overwhelming goal, and you're so right. But no worries, you probably realized that if we focus on something smaller, then it won't seem so overwhelming. I asked Chris what she thought was the most important thing to do first, so it doesn't seem so daunting. And then she can start tackling one project at a time until eventually it all gets done. I think the number one thing I've got to get done. Well, okay, so my dining room. The cat's peed on the carpet, so I ripped the carpet out. It's now been with the subfloor for two years. Okay. There's some disagreement with my husband about what flooring to put down, so no decision has been made. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the meantime, it's echoey, like, you know, a half-made house in there. Yeah. And no one enjoys the space. And I always wanted a separate dining room. And even though it's not huge, at least I have a separate dining room. So yeah, that's probably, you know, like, I feel like I should put my effort there first. Mm -hmm. I need to paint the walls because um, they're kind of scratched up. So they need some fresh paint, right? Okay. And then I need something on the floor and I need some drapes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be the absolute minimum right there, right? Yeah. (laughs) At least to feel like it's not in construction mode. Now we have an idea of the overall issue and also the best place to start. Chris has been talking about a circumstance in her life, the disordered condition of her house. You can tell that this is bothering her and draining her energy to do things, but we might not know why she isn't doing it yet. So let's look into what's really going on for her emotionally here. We always want to get underneath the facts 
into the feelings. Why does she feel so stuck? Why isn't she able to get this project going, even though it's bothering her so much? And why is it so important to understand our feelings? I could focus on helping Chris make an action plan to whip her house into shape, but if we don't get clear on the emotions underneath, she won't be able to sustain it all. Because everything we do or don't do is because we want to feel an emotion. What is it Chris wants to feel? What is she avoiding feeling? What else would change if that happened in your life? How would it change your life? Hmm. Well, I think that I would just feel more confident that I could mm-hmm. take on a project and move ahead with decision mm-hmm. that I can take on a project. I can plan it out. I can step-by-step step get it done. Mm-hmm. This isn't overwhelming. I don't have to be overwhelmed. Right. <laughs> so that would probably make me feel more confident moving to the next room that I'd like to make some changes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listening to Chris, you've probably heard her say that she's seeking to feel confident, competent, and relaxed, especially around other people when they're in her home. And she wants to avoid feeling overwhelmed and frustrated. I asked her specifically what emotions she feels the most when she's dealing with her house. And she talked about anxiety making decisions, like being stuck in indecision and feeling unwilling to commit because she has this fear of making the wrong decision, which would be regret. And she has this perfectionism and so afraid that she do it wrong, a belief that she can't do anything really great when it comes to her home and that she'll fail. And as we also notice, there's a lot of overwhelm, frustration, because she doesn't want to be slowed down and frustrated when she wants to do something, but she has to clean up before she can even start. I think we can all relate to that, right? So these are the things she feels now and she wants to avoid feeling in the future. What is it that she wants to feel when she's done? She wants to feel relief and satisfaction and relaxed. She also wants to feel decisive. She said she always wanted to be a decisive person. We also noticed how does she want people around her, for example, her family and friends, to think about her. We heard her say earlier that she wants to feel like people believe she's competent, so then she can feel relaxed when other people come over. And at this point, Chris and I talked about having a good emotional vocabulary, so you can describe the feelings that you're feeling. And we did not learn this when we were growing up, right? So I sent her some sheets. I have lists of emotions that can help us identify, oh, what is that emotion I'm feeling? We have so many words to describe what we're feeling, and there's so many nuances in there. Let's talk about labeling our emotions as good or bad. I want us to get out of just saying, I feel good or I feel bad, because good and bad aren't really emotions, they're just judgments, and it's a little bit of a lazy way to get out of doing the thinking it takes to decide how you're really feeling. Now, what has kept her stuck? We dug in just a little bit deeper, and we discovered one of the biggest emotions that she doesn't want to feel. I have a lot of anxiety making decisions about things. And that's always been a part of me. Okay. And it just makes me, I don't know why, I just get afraid. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't make this decision, you know, it's too much for me. I don't know why I feel that way. But yeah, 
I, I'm afraid I won't do the right thing as though there's one right answer. And I know there's not, but I still have that tendency, like there's the right perfect thing and I haven't found it yet. I'm making a choice, you know? Yeah. And also, I don't know what you would call this, but um, in some ways it's an unwillingness to commit. So and, let's see, yeah. an unwillingness to commit is, it's an action. So I wonder what emotion is under that. There's got to be some kind of fear, but fear of what, right? Okay, so fear of making a mistake, I guess. Fear of regretting my decision. Mm-hmm. Is that an emotion? Regret is definitely an emotion. <laughs> so now we're getting a better picture of the emotions behind her desire to improve the condition of her home. And I would say the two biggest emotional obstacles are this fear of regret, which makes it hard for her to commit and make decisions, and just feeling overwhelmed by it all. There's a tool I use and many coaches do, commonly just called the model. It helps us sort out what's going on by seeing the circumstances in our lives and how the thoughts we have about those circumstances then lead to our feelings. And those feelings lead to certain actions, which then create the results that we get, all in a chain reaction. The model is a powerful tool for awareness. So let's see how this model can help Chris understand how the fear of regret is keeping her from moving forward on this dining room project. We always feel regret because of certain thoughts. So let's imagine that what's something in the dining room that you are worried you might regret later, a decision. Okay, um, I might regret... Okay, I might regret the drapes because they're expensive to replace. Something inexpensive, you know, I'm not going to regret that. I can change the paint, for instance, but drapes are expensive. So once I've done that, what if I don't like the color? Okay. So the circumstance is just you buy a certain set of drapes. And then the thought could be, I don't like the color. Mm -hmm. What if you didn't like the color? What What else would you be thinking? Well, if the color was the problem, I'd be thinking... Oh, no, I'm going to have to look at those every day. (laughs) (laughs) What else? Actually, I'd be thinking, I wonder what back room in the house I can put those in. (laughs) (laughs) Where can I move them? (laughs) What would you be thinking about you? I would be thinking I should have, you know, I should have known I wouldn't like them. Why, Why didn't I make the right decision? Why didn't I have the visual perception to see that that's not going to turn out the way that I thought it would. Awesome. Those are good examples. And then what are you going to feel if you're thinking those kinds of things? No, I'm going to. For sure. Regret, right? Definitely regret. Uh What else? Anything else? And I'd feel afraid to make another decision. Mm, Yeah. More fear. Yes. And so the actions you would take after that might be what? I would um, hesitate to make the next step. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd end up with an unfinished. I'd end up with an unfinished project and a bunch of others <laughs> lined up behind that is what would happen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By using the model, we were able to project what Chris is afraid of happening in the future. And guess what? The result that she's predicting is the result that she actually has right now. She has a home full of unfinished projects all lined up, and she's stuck, not making significant progress. 
This may sound like common sense, but there isn't one among us who hasn't hesitated before deciding something simply due to overthinking the consequences. Of course, all of us are going to hesitate to make decisions, especially when we think it might not work out how we hoped. And that's so understandable because regret is such a big thing in our lives and fear can outweigh confidence sometimes. We get filled with self-doubt instead of self-trust when we let ourselves focus on how it probably won't work out, right? This decision regret is such a big thing that in the next episode, it's going to be all about the ways to get past that hesitation for good so you don't worry about your own indecisiveness anymore. When's the last time you had a hard time making a decision? So tune in to next week's episode and we'll go over some tips on how to overcome these feelings of doubt once and for all. We all know Chris deserves to live in a home she feels relaxed and peaceful in, so we'll make sure her feelings are a powerful catalyst for action and not an obstacle holding her back. So let's talk about what I hope you'll take away from this episode. There are so many reasons why we may not get to the tasks or the goals that need our attention, such as cleaning up our room. However, there's often an underlying cause for this procrastination, and it has to do more with what's going on in your head than anything else. Believe it or not, there's a time when goal setting can be counterproductive before you've done the deep work of getting to know your emotions and subconscious patterns. Before you start taking action towards any goal of yours, make sure you take time to get underneath the surface issue and understand the emotional state that is driving you. Sometimes we get busy trying to take action or we get involved judging ourselves because we aren't taking action without understanding what we're unconsciously dealing with. So asking yourself, what am I feeling? And what do I hope to feel when I'm done? Too often we try to buck up and grit through and get things done. And sometimes we can make that happen, but Chris has been trying that. And the fact is it's not working for her. I'm sure you've had that experience too. We have a good reason why we aren't doing the things we want to. So give yourself some self-compassion and get curious about your motivation. It's a good time to understand yourself instead of judge yourself. Because half the battle is won through awareness, even before we start working on a new mindset and taking steps to get what we want, just awareness of our thoughts and feelings sparks a change in our psyche and it starts shifting our experience. This is why the model is so critical, understanding our thoughts about the circumstances which are creating our feelings and deciding our actions and the results that we get. Emotional awareness is a skill that we learn. There are parenting programs out there now that talk about emotion coaching your kids. This is such an awesome concept. But since we didn't get that as kids, I'm pretty sure we can learn now. And that's part of what I love about coaching so much. We're going to end with a visualization. You might call it a meditation to raise our emotional awareness and acceptance. And if it seems sappy or silly, that's fine. Just come along with me this one time. If it helps you, then this meditation is posted as a bonus episode so that you can come back to it anytime. So first, let's relax. Take a deep breath in and hold it. And let it out slowly. 
Another deep breath in. And as you let this one out, turn your attention to the top of your head and relax as you move down through every part of your body all the way down to your toes until you're totally at ease and peace from head to toe. Now center your attention on your heart and just feel that space for a moment. Research shows that just turning your attention to your heart space lowers your heart rate and stress. Isn't that cool? As you focus on your heart center, imagine that you have a door to your heart. Can you see it there? Open the door and the first thing you notice is a tiny sound of whimpering like puppies. You look in and see there are some beautiful tiny puppies all snugged up inside your heart. They're wiggling and whining and they seem a little agitated. Reach in and carefully bring out one of the puppies and hold it in your hands in front of you. It's so tiny, it fits right in your two hands. It's so warm and fluffy and it gazes steadily up at you with those puppy eyes wiggling and yipping like puppies do and clearly trying to let you know something. What is it, puppy? As you gaze in her eyes, you understand the puppy is trying to express something that she wants you to pay attention to. What's the first thing we always do with a new puppy? We name it, right? What is this puppy's name? Her name is an emotion, a feeling that you are feeling a lot right now. Find that silver tag around her neck and look, and you'll see that emotion written there. You're not very surprised to realize that it's a feeling you've been struggling with lately. Frustration, confusion, boredom, despair, heartbreak, shame, exhaustion, insecurity. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's rejection. So imagine telling the puppy, I see you, sweetie. I see the disappointment. I've got you. I'll take care of you. What's our first emotional response to puppies? We feel instant tenderness and unconditional love and an instinct to care for it. Of course you wouldn't send the puppy off by itself or scold it right now. You can turn that same tenderness to yourself and these emotions that you're experiencing in your life. So cuddle the puppy up to your neck and hug it. It's okay, puppy, to feel disappointed or sorrowful or angry. Of course you would be feeling that way. There's nothing wrong with those feelings. So you give it some care and attention. When you pat its back, you feel the puppy relax and snuggle in as you accept it. You tuck it up under your neck. Now bring out another puppy and let it show you another feeling in your heart. Pay attention and acknowledge it and snuggle it up with the other puppy. It's okay, puppy. Sometimes we're supposed to be frustrated or ashamed or upset. What other emotions need to be seen? Pull them all out and snuggle them all up together. You can feel them warm and silky on your chest and snugged up on your shoulder and neck. They might be restless and noisy for a while, all yappy and wound up. And you just let them have their say until they're ready to settle down. Now they're out where they know they're seen and cared for. And in time, you can feel them all relax. They calm down and they snuggle in together. 
they know they'll be taken care of, and you can let them be there. You won't shut them out or blame them. You can even tuck them safely back in your heart until they need attention again. You know that building a relationship of trust with these puppies will bond them to you for life, and they'll grow into faithful, loyal dogs who protect you and warn you. Because that's what some emotions are for. They keep us safe, and they warn us that something is going on that we need to pay attention to and change. So breathe in again and appreciate the gift of these emotions and decide that from now on, you'll give them the care and attention they deserve because they serve you so well. Midlife is the perfect time to understand yourself better, to reconnect with your emotions and understand the power they have in your life. That beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. And my 16 and 6 coaching program is designed just for people in midlife who are ready to experience that fulfilling life they want in this next stage. So I'd love to talk to you about your life and how coaching could be just what you need. That first intro call is always free. So you can email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com or you can even just directly set up a call on my website, midlifeconfidencecoach.com or message me on social media. And all that is in the show notes. Take care until next time.